And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ Podcast. My name is Michael Sipes, and you can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. And I'm <laughs> here with my partner, Jeremy Brown. If people could see Shane's face, that's just freaking hilarious. At Dynasty Madman. <laughs> Sorry. And Shane Manila, where his eyeballs are popping out of his face. Sorry. I, that's just how I normally look, and I'm kind of offended that you think it, it, how I look is funny. I try not to make... Fun of, I, I don't make fun of people's looks. Like, I've never made fun of the fact that you're a gnome. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Or old or anything or like that. Or old or any of that. So I'm just hurt right now, and I'm going to go in my, my corner. <laughs> I was looking at the show sheet while I was saying the introductions, and I just happened to look over, and I just saw that face you were making. So, um, <laughs> hey, um, we got some stuff going on, right? It, it's Big, like. Oh, my God. Guys, <laughs> did you hear? It's it's Irv Smith. An Adam Troutman season. Oh my God. Oh my yeah. Oh, oh, they're gonna break out so big next year because You must have been um, on Twitter today because all these things oh. that came across Twitter, oh my god. Dude, I didn't think of that. Oh, Kyle Rudolph leaves. That means Irv <gasps> Smith. Holy shit. Did you oh, I mean I'm so glad people tweeted that. I should be after Irv Smith. No shit. I right there. The should've best known. the best of that, the best part of that, today's Wednesday, right? So the the Kyle Rudolph thing, was it yesterday or was it the day before? You say so. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like... Uh, it it just, was a day. I don't know which one. It, it's just weird that all of a sudden people say, oh my God, Irv Smith. Like like as if Kyle Rudolph was that bottleneck Dude, that was stopping Irv Smith. Cook, <laughs> hey, Jared Cook got cut. So what's that mean for Adam Troutman, who's already a good tight end? Uh, ding, ding, ding. He's going to get more catches. You should... I mean, listen... You don't even have to do the work. We'll do it for you. People, um, you know, our buddy Scott Connor tweeted out basically that <laughs> yeah. tight ends in Dynasty, like there apparently is no plan, like for anyone. Right. Everyone, everyone overdrafts young tight ends, right? And then they don't break out in year one, even though we all know, we all know they're not going to break out in year one. Like we literally always say, oh, it takes 15 years for a tight end to break out. So when they don't break out by year two, we've already given up on. Yeah, and we start the cycle over again. It's a, um, it's the same. Just draft sh- the guys in their thirties and keep them till they're forty, and then worry about it then. Listen, I traded for Gronk the other day in one of my leagues. Fuck it, I'll I'll put Gronk in my starting lineup. <laughs> so I don't think he's ever retiring, Mike. Just real quick, Kyle Rudolph, target hog that he is. Um, he had forty-eight targets in twenty nineteen and thirty-seven um, last year. He played twelve games, so he averaged about. 3.3 targets per game. I'm not great with math, I think. Something like that. Not bad for a tight end. 3.3. 3.3. Nice. So, and what did Irv Smith if, do? You know, Irv Smith, if he absorbs all of those. <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> all three targets a game. And they don't they don't sign any other tight ends. Uh, he had 43 targets last year. Wow. So he'll be up to 60 targets. Wow. So so let me ask you. It's obviously you're joking around what you're saying about the rookie tight ends. We, we know that. We've said it a million times that it takes a long time for all the positions, but tight ends, it takes them the longest time. Do you guys really believe all the hype that everybody's saying about the two guys you guys are saying? And are you paying for them? Because, I mean, shit, it looks like people are trying to get a lot for both of those guys i mean i could always use a tight end but like it's it's a it's a sunk cost kind of deal with tight it, like you're always trying to you know pay for something it's guesswork no i'm not i'm not overpaying for those guys i do like troutman a lot you know he's younger but ah, no i don't want to chase imaginary targets i guess 
but you need a good tight end. So you're almost like you make those, you know, you make those moves when you look at your roster, and like I could use a tight end and maybe you overpay, but I, I say, no, don't chase either one of those guys. Shane. I, I yes. like Derv anyway. Um, you know, he scored some touchdowns last year. That was nice. You knew before they were, they cut Rudolph that they were going to cut Rudolph. Exactly. Like you knew that. <laughs> and the same with Jared Cook. You knew the Saints were going to cut Jared Cook before they cut him. If you know anything, at least. Um, it's just one of those like reactionary things where you, you don't trade for these guys now. You should have been trading them two months ago. Right. Nothing really changed. Like you wanted Nothing Adam changed. Troutman already. Right. It, it, it shouldn't change the status because those guys were cut. Like you said, the writing was on the wall. We expected that to happen. But if you weren't if you didn't know this and you just got on twitter and you're like wow oh that is a great point that so and so tweeted <laughs> that jared cook was cut and i should really look for adam troutman i should draft him higher now i do you pay for that kind of advice it's horrible <laughs> you know what's funny oh speaking of paying for advice did you hear that new thing that twitter's getting ready to do where you can charge people for your tweets if you're a super tweet <laughs> so yeah, Seriously, Jeremy, it's true. It's true. I know, but I'm, I'm just laughing because I don't tweet enough to charge anybody for a tweet. I don't tweet good enough <laughs> to charge people for tweets, but I'll still do it if That's they awesome. let me. I don't know what the threshold you, is. Uh, I just you thought that's a lot, though. Do you need a blue? Do you need to be verified? Because I'm not verified. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just you heard need about to get the it. HQ verified. We yeah. had over 10,000. Yeah, I know. Why the followers? fuck is the HQ? Let's verify that shit. How do we I'll do, do it right now? <laughs> if someone knows how we get it verified, let me know. Like, we're a real account. <laughs> but, we are. Or let we're us know. Us. Let us know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let us know. Let us know. DM <laughs> us at the handle. But um, one thing I was going to say is Jared Cook is still a guy I want to buy. Like, if. Anybody is decided that you know? Oh, well, they, they cut him, so he's 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 going to be bad now. He was good again last year. That's Wait. that was my question. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you the fact that they're all talking about the guys that are still there. What about the two guys that left? I mean, because even Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph's no, trash. No, but listen, whether he's trash or not, he still may get signed somewhere, and he may do trash. <laughs> Okay, so in other words, you, you already answered the question. You already answered the question. You wouldn't care about trying to get him, even if he's free. You wouldn't try. try if he to get him. lands with the Wentz, uh, okay. <laughs> Jeremy, how come it always goes back to Wentz? He 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 loves to hate to love Carson Wentz <laughs> because Kyle Rudolph uh -huh. is he hasn't been good for three years, and even at his best, he wasn't very good. But if he's peppered with 110 targets, yeah, he could be the tight end nine. Okay. Um, well, that's that's I, I can't think of any other landing spot that would even be good for. So when you say the tight end nine, literally, we've talked about this a billion times. Isn't there only really like a tight end one, two, and three, maybe? And then the rest of it is not anything that's going to change your league's winning right. scoring. And then a anything. bunch of guys and exactly. the order kind of changes. There's no, it, there's like three elite players, and then there's guys that get volume. But yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Do you know you um, sound my like my son? My son does that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I almost hit him like I hit my kid, but he's too far away. So you know, obviously we have Kidder, Kidder, yeah, um, Kittle, <laughs> Kittle, Waller, and Kelsey. Correct. Those are the um, three I was thinking. But also, there's Hawk. Right? He's right. He's knocking right on the doorstep. Fant, uh, Mark Andrews. Even though 
apparently he had a down year and everyone hates him now. Um, so that's six right there. Okay. So six out of 32 teams with multiple pits. tight ends. Or seven. <laughs> well, hey, even Gronk. Yeah, like, Gronk ended up being. But but are these guys that are going to make your, you're going to win each week because that guy's on your team? Which, which guy? Kyle Rudolph? <laughs> no. No, the guys you just named. Are you going to win? Are you going to win? they're on your team? <laughs> Hawkinson and Fant have that ability, too. Um you know, Hawkinson broke out a little bit last year, Fant when he was actually on the field. And I mean, con- considering he had to contend with Drew Locke, which was, who was one of the three worst quarterbacks in the league last year, along with Sam Darnold and Carlson Wentz. Um, I, I still, I love Fant's ability and I still think he's got high tight end one upside. Cool. I, I just still think that the pro- the probability of a tight end helping you, especially in, I wonder how many leagues, you could probably look it up, uh, how many leagues in MFL are tight end premium that's significant enough to make a difference, you know? Oh, all of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, just, I just did a study um, on league types, and I dove into MFL. Every league is a, a tight end premium now. Yeah, Amazing. but doesn't it go from like half a point to like two points? I mean, it, it, it's, there's like a big difference with the tight end premiums. There's a little bit of a difference between half a point and a full point. Yeah. yeah. Um, Scott Fish's safe leagues, um, who we're trying to, I'm trying to get him to take over an orphan to uh-huh. absorb it into his safe leagues. It's not a safe league. Yeah, those are two point. Uh, PPR for tight ends. Wow. And I like that. That's fun. That's a big difference. And then th- then those players would make a difference when you're talking about even the Kyle Rudolph guys maybe can no, make you no, a difference. Still not Kyle Rudolph, no. <laughs> okay. I, mean, Kyle I just Rudolph want the better tight ends more with the premium. I just want the three best guys just more and more as you increase the points. It doesn't really... I mean, I get well, it. It makes tight ends more important, of course, because they're scoring more points relative to the other positions, but it doesn't make them more important within the tight ends. Yeah, we, it doesn't change anything with the. I mean, you know, it's like yeah, you could do is, that with kickers, and I'm still not going to want to start kickers. It does. St- so the high end tight ends are going to be obviously worth more than com- comparable wide receivers and running backs and things like that. And yeah. I'm the bastard that's still going to have Kittle and Kelsey yeah. back to back just to piss people off. Exactly. And you know, it is kind of funny because we make the joke about the, how many NFL teams are there are 32 teams, but even within your fantasy league, there's only. 12, 14, 16. So only a handful of them are even going to have a good tight end anyways. Um, the other news we had here was it looks like Big Ben is back. They worked something out with the money or what happened? Yeah, that fat piece of shit. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. No, you're right. He told no, me. No, no, no. We can allege, <laughs> yeah, we can allege the rapes since he wasn't convicted. Um, but you but it's, I think it's general consensus that he's a piece of shit. I think he realizes it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Fat Boy um oh is gonna God. spread his contract Fat out boy. over two years. Yeah. Um I think it's they the, the exact details aren't out, but it's gonna lower his cap hit because his cap hit was somewhere around forty million dollars, which is a lot. That's a that's a lot for one player. So Fat Boy will be back next year. Um, and it gives him what, like fifteen million in cap space for twenty twenty one, allegedly that yeah. much, but yeah. I'm going to have to title this episode allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
one thing, such an unselfish guy. Unselfish. One thing I was I was surprised to read, um, and it was an ESPN article, um, and also I was surprised because ESPN actually cited this stat that his air yards um, increased by three full yards the final three games of the year. Because you know last year he was like check down Charlie. Um, so I desperate to beat those Browns, man. Air it yeah. out. I didn't, I didn't notice. So the last three games, apparently, he was airing it out. I wonder if, you know, in 2021, is that what next year? Yes. That's this year? Yeah. 2021. I wonder if we'll see more of that or if he'll continue to be the, the check down guy that he turned into last year. I mean, like you'd think his elbow's stronger, right? Older guy. I don't know, man. I don't know if he's ever going to be the Ben we used to see, but yeah, good point. Jeremy, I could just picture Shane getting all excited to see that ESPN was talking air yards. You know, um, <laughs> there was there was another quarterback on our on our news here about Russell Wilson. I love the thing with Russell Wilson because like every week there's a different story and and he's going to the Dolphins, he's going here, he's going there. <laughs> Dude, it's it's picking up steam. You know, <laughs> when it first came out that Russ was like, oh, I don't like it here. I'm like, eh, whatever. And then it was like Russ was like, well, here's four teams. You know, I'm not saying I want you to trade me, but if you did, here's some teams that I like. Um, oddly enough, um, when I was married, I actually tried that same thing with my then wife, <laughs> and she um, no, you did that did not go over well. I was like, look, I'm not saying I nice. would cheat on you. You're so your full friend, of shit. Shut up. But if I were to, it would be with these four friends. Crazy. Yeah, it would be these specific friends <laughs> yes. of yours if I did. Dude, think about Deshaun Watson. He's probably calling up Russell Wilson. Dude, shut the f*** up. <laughs> I'm trying to get myself. Now you throw your hat in the ring. Now there's two of us. Before it was just me. Sit down. That's and interesting, though. But, that, but that's interesting that you say that. Which of those two guys would you rather have? If, Watson, if, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. <laughs> you both said it without even oh, blinking. He's what six years younger. <laughs> yeah, he's Maybe. so good, man. I mean, he's I mean, a lot younger. Yeah, but you guys are a lot younger good. than me, and it's not that big of a difference. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the context? Like, yeah, what's the wait, yeah, what's the context we're talking here? Like, what are we yeah, choosing? Yeah, I mean, like, is it for hosting duty? Like, no, you'll win. You definitely is it for running, or you know, grappling, or riding yeah. bikes fast. I don't. What are we talking? Or height? I would not. So. Hut, hut. Mike's got short little legs. So I would not pick him for. He's probably faster than you. I bet he is. I bet. He, I bet in a race, Mike beats you, Shane. That'd be hilarious. I don't know. He's very little. My legs are the same size as him. He's light though. He's light and swift. Oh my god! I don't know how it turned this way. Um, <laughs> I was just I making a we joke. I don't, I don't know either. Oh, Russ Wilson. Russ Wilson. So yeah. And Deshaun now Watson. The Seahawks are taking calls on Russ Wilson. They're taking calls. Okay. <laughs> and it's getting, it's getting interesting it started like it, it started you know like just like a little rumble and each me i was just like yeah it doesn't mean anything nothing's gonna happen and now i'm like oh oh this might might be a thing um apparently yeah, not your first rodeo it. you're like i'm gonna give this yeah. a little time before i get too excited it's funny too because living down here in miami we hear it all the time on the radio you know, oh, Russell Wilson, oh, Deshaun Watson, oh, we're going to trade away Tua. You know, it's just like, I, I wonder how Tua actually feels. that Anytime a quarterback says it, they start talking about Miami again, you know? Hopefully he doesn't read the paper because, <laughs> the, yeah, they've traded him 36 times in Miami. Not, not the Dolphins because Brian Flores even said not that long ago, it was like a month ago maybe, you know, he gave him a vote, not a fake vote of confidence, just talked yeah. about that the 
they're going to build around Tua. They but just got him. I mean, nobody on, believes him. Getting healthy, yeah. Nobody's. Oh, you're lying. Come no. on. They want it. it, it you remember when Josh Rosen? The Cardinals didn't even pretend that they were going <laughs> to. You know what I mean? We don't like, even like this dude. Just. We don't right. like when Kingsbury got there, he didn't even pretend. It was just like, yeah. So when Kyler, I mean, uh, you know, after the draft. <laughs> no, look, I um, my favorite comments about Tua though. Back to back to him real quick. I thought this was funny. I just happened to catch this on my lunch break today, but and I don't remember who did it on Twitter, who, who said it, but um, it was in response to the to the wide receivers, um, you know, out, out of Alabama saying that they prefer Mac Jones. And I was like, hey, it's going to be pretty funny when Miami drafts one of these guys and they have to talk to Tua about this. Oh, my God. I mean, it's, you know, don't throw Tua under the bus. He played well. All right. Well, cool. Well, look, that, you know, we, we, oh, wait, Shane, we didn't say who brought all that great tantalizing news to everybody. (laughs) So all that titillating news was brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Uh, use promo code Dynasty HQ when you sign up today and receive an instant deposit match up to fifty dollars. So between twenty and fifty dollars is what you got to deposit. What you want to do is deposit fifty dollars, and then you have a hundred dollars to gamble with. And before you know it, you'll win lots of money, and then you'll probably buy this podcast from us. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> No, not definitely. But yeah, that would be awesome. It's not for sale, but if we got a high enough offer, (laughs) we'd just change the name to something else and still do this and you can have the name. Oh my God. All right. Well, listen, we do have a guest and apparently he's ready to get going. So why don't we take a break here for a second and Jeremy, let's bring him in. Bad idea. (laughs) Isolate me? Do like a box in one? No, you don't want to do that. <laughs> then let's. I thought I was coming in mid-show. See, I thought you guys were starting at nine, no matter what. And you're like missing out. Oh no, you're missing out if you can't make it by nine. <laughs> no. Hey, no, that's well, how I took it. Well, let's we get open it. We come in mid-show. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, we'll keep it that way. We'll keep exactly what you just said because we are actually mid-show. So we'll do that. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. It starts with the outtakes. No, you don't know. We work our way up to content. The, the, the funny thing about outtakes is we keep our outtakes That's in the show, show, actually. <laughs> yeah. Basically the whole show. Which, by the way, we're back on the air and nobody even knows what we're doing right now. But we are talking with our guest. <laughs> and and I'm sure some people recognize his voice. I mean, especially after you've been doing this now for, what, 10 years doing podcasting and everything. But, oh, I thought you were about to say. For people to listen, he, he's holding a microphone. He's standing and he's holding a microphone. So he brought the microphone up to his mouth. I thought he was going to say something. But yes, we have Chad Parsons here. <laughs> Chad, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, 10-year anniversary. I'm actually coming up on episode 500 in two or three weeks for uh, Under the Helmet Weekly. Now, obviously, you know, we had we had Sigmund Bloom and Cecil Lammy celebrate 5,000 of the Audible. Obviously, they do a lot more than the weekly show. And uh, just such a huge tribute because they were out there long, long, long before I was. But I'm at about 2,500 to 3,000 or so total episodes of, of pressing and record. And I would say at least half of those are on my own, which you really cut your teeth, uh, you know, when you go solo, you know, you really learn to do 15, 20, 30 minutes and not as funny, <laughs> you know, our, out, our outtakes, you know, everyone was laughing, but, uh, you know, it kind of is like a stand-up comedian. You learn how to time communicate and, and relay messages, you know, within, 
within your shows, even if it's just five to 10 minutes at a time for yourself. So, so it really takes reps, as I always tell all the newcomers and all the, uh, the rookies out there starting certain shows in any capacity. Just, just you got to get the reps and you got to try to get better because most of us sucked at the very beginning. <laughs> Some of us continue to suck. I'm not going to lie. And that's just that's our charm, I think, at this point. It's like people know that I suck and they're just like, that's fine. That's fine. You come oh, you with the we thousands love you for who you are. Nice. But people with the do- thousands of podcasts now out there, Shane. I'm I'm sure there's somebody worse than you, buddy. Oh my Don't god. Worry about it. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's it's uh I haven't found too many. They can't Shane's be always stacking himself up every time he listens to a show. He's like, Yeah, they're better than me. <laughs> I like the show, but they're better than me. It's so it's so funny too because he says that he sucks, but people don't even hear half the stuff sometimes on the show. Um but, Shane's fine. But 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 he's the best, of course. Everybody loves him. That's why he says the kind of shit he says about himself. You know, but Chad, you mentioned when when will the ten year anniversary be? I know it's in twenty twenty one, but is there like a specific date? Are you gonna have a, a anniversary show or what? What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, I was going to do 500, but yeah, I think it was in November, mid-ish November, maybe before Thanksgiving. I do remember the first show, uh, you know, already had nicknames. It was Kyle Rudolph, who was either a rookie or a second-year player, and I dubbed him <laughs> Banana Hand. Dude, this is pretty. <laughs> so Kyle Rudolph was was a, a big part, and I took copious notes. I mean, it was like a page and a half of a word doc, and I pretty much, you know, I actually met someone just past, this past week, and they're doing the same thing. And I was like, you know what? Been there been there and just be happy in 2021 that the accessibility to produce shows record shows all that is far more accessible than a decade plus ago where if you wanted it on a device to leave your house <laughs> it wasn't carrying around a laptop good luck uh you know cell phone technology was not such so and even more on the producer side i had to call in it was a uh, blog talk radio which is still around i believe yeah but you had to call in i held my cell phone there the entire time sounded horribly and uh, you just get your reps in, and it was a live show. So I actually appreciate that. You know, a lot of shows still are live. You know, not a, not heavy editing, but the fact that it actually was going out. You know, and it was you can't pull it back at all. It's not you can pull it back, yeah. edit it, and then put it back out. So I really appreciate that aspect of it just being thrown in the fire. Um, but yeah, episode five hundred. What's funny is episode two hundred or two fifty. I did this rapid fire episode where I did one tidbit on 250 players right so it ended up being a rapid fire micro machine call for uh, for like uh, uh you know like an hour and 10 minutes but i'm not gonna do that for 500 you know because that's gonna be excessive and really boring uh, so i don't know <laughs> we'll, we'll i'll figure something out i got plenty of time for for that and uh and again episode uh 10 year 10 year anniversary coming up that's amazing. Ten years. I mean, we we're we're going into four, and it's just like, oh my god, you guys again every week. Uh, but um, <laughs> that's a huge achievement, though. No, the chemistry. Mike. I will say the reps you get, the chemistry you get, and and the biggest thing I would I would tell folks is I never called in sick. I had sore throats. I had you know bad days. I had so much, but I was like, I'm gonna show up. I'm really gonna try whatever the day and the the time I intend, but I'm never gonna miss, and that's gonna be the thing. Don't make excuses and just show up. Dane is our Iron Man. He's he's missed one show in uh, three plus years. Um, the yeah, best. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> I changed it to Shane is the best. He deserves it, guys. Katie's actually Katie. You know Katie, Chad. Um, yes. Katie's actually been on the show more often than Mike has. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is, first of all, that is totally not true. But you know what's awesome about Katie? That That's one thing I was going to tell you, Chad. For me, I've been playing Dynasty for eight years now, but you were actually one of the first shows that I ever listened to. And you were actually the first person that ever said FF Blitz on a podcast because I had asked you a question on Twitter and you read my question and you said it on the air, which at the time it was before I was doing any of this. I thought that was like really cool. But wow. <laughs> I'm missing a lot of those royalty checks, but, uh, <laughs> right? but the, happy to do it. But I will say this. Shane makes a point. We we have had Tim and Katie on the show quite a few times. And Katie, I think more than any other guest we've had on the show, Katie's been on our show more than anybody. But I, I definitely, I was there when you had both of them on for the first time. So I want to personally thank you for introducing me to two of like, I think the best people ever uh, in this entire they're community. Kids, yeah, yeah, they're so t- nice, friendly yeah. people. Yeah, Tim yeah, Torch and, and what- Katie are awesome. Yeah, one thing I would say is I've been very open and receptive, especially early on back in two, when I started the website, like in 2014, 15, that time frame that with, with Tim, you know, Katie, uh, Jordan McNamara as well, and a few yes. others that have gone on to do other things at other sites. And I, I view it as a promotion. You know, they were basically a, a contributor. And I personally like doing everything 99 point something percent myself um, there with the website, the tech side, the membership side. Um, I just like it because that's my job. I mean, this is my full time gig. So I don't want to farm that out. I want to know my subscribers and listeners. I want to form relationships and not, you know, just be like, oh, is there an issue with the site? Oh, you know, I guess my 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 guy will fix it. And I don't even know what's happening. So, mm. um, but but yeah, it, what I what I loved was those those co-hosting relationships started from just conversations and started from subscribers that I was answering questions, communicating with, building a relationship. And I've always been welcoming with uh, things like UTH interrogation room shows, war room shows, where we discuss their team, their draft, their plan. And and it started with me giving advice, but also I think there's value in this. Like I, And not to demean the four of us, but I think there's a lot more value in the people that don't have a podcast, don't have a website, don't write for a website, because they're the ones running their teams. They're the ones that are knee deep and successful. I always say successful dynasty GMs have a ton of value to provide by just talking through their experience and their strategy points and and how they navigate drafts and trades. So that's how it started with Katie, Tim and Jordan is like, I, I see a lot of potential and I think they're rock stars as dynasty players. And I think that's a big disconnect for, for some folks that, you know, if you got a nice voice, you can you can pen an article. Are you a good dynasty GM? Do you run a good team? You know, because that's really the brass tacks. You know, are you drafting the guys you're recommending? Are you making the trades and, and stepping up for your target players, etc.? Um, but but also giving that platform to to folks that let's just try it out. And I, I I will say, not everybody I've ever had on the podcast in that kind of form. You know, that was a subscriber listener has really been comfortable. It's worked out. You know, right. I, I think it's really been a great show from a presentation level, but that doesn't mean there wasn't good contact in there. And I love to give it give it a shot, yeah. is what I say. So so always embrace new opportunities, whether it's going on another show, even if it's their first show, and help them out and, and, and helping them along, providing tips if they want it. And then also the other side of just embracing others uh, to, to see what's their relationship was. Just going on the podcasting, I don't, I don't know that I've ever turned down an offer to go on a podcast. Just you know, I, I might have said like I can't that night because there's right. actually something I really have to do. But another time would be great because yeah, one I love hearing myself talk. And oh two, yeah, it's, it's 
it's fun talking about fantasy football with different people and getting different views on it. And same with the patrons. Like I, I take away from them as much as I give, I think, you know, in our chats, Mike and Jer- Jeremy know tons of times we'll start talking about something in our patron chat and I'll go, Hmm, I, I need to go act on that in my <laughs> leagues. And then I'll yes. go out and start making trades and offers. They're like my pulse of the community. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, you know, we talked to, to Zach Reed last week, uh, Tacit Assassin. We were talking about how there's a million podcasts right now. And and pretty much, I mean, part of it is because of COVID and everybody being stuck at home. So a lot of people just turned on a microphone and started recording. But you're right. Back in the day, especially with Katie and Tim, I remember at the time, they were listeners that you gave them a chance on the radio uh, or on the podcast, and they did well. And I think we uh, when we first started our show... We were part of a website where they were all like, we're going to start some podcasts here. You three are going to do it together, you know, and they kind of just threw us together and we did it. And, and fortunately we're still around and we love doing it, but it, it was different back then than it is now. I mean, there's just so many people doing it and, and so many people uh, that have the ability to do it. Like you said, it's, it's way easier to start a podcast now, but you did it differently where you have all the, like the pay content and the website. When you say you do that yourself, you run that whole website by yourself or do you have like a, some kind of team doing that website? No, that's what I meant. I mean, between, you know, when you see, you know, something was produced by Chad Parsons or by admin, I mean, those are one and the same. And, and, and yeah, we've, I've had contributors where it's like, you know, over the span of a few months, they might produce a few articles. I, you know, give them some, some tips and, and, but pretty much, I mean, they end up, typically going somewhere else and and finding bigger opportunities because I'm not really looking for, you know, a, a full, you know, shared uh, environment. I like the, the control. It actually started with I wanted the environment back then. You know, I was with football guys as a staff writer, but I want and I had my own podcast, but I wanted the ability to press record because uh, I just had the weekly show then, but uh, press record or uh, you know click submit on an article anytime I wanted. I didn't want restrictor plates like it has to be a thousand words or it has to be a twenty <laughs> minute show or you have to try to get advertising or oh you're gonna say this player is you know sucks or this player is great oh you can't say that like that conflicts with you know branding or like I just didn't want any restrictions and I really wanted to get out in the open road and just explore the space as they like to say. Um, but but yeah, and 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 having those ideas for short podcasts, you know, that I actually called UTH to go way back in the day. There would be like five minutes. I would record yep. them on the way to work on my on my phone, you know, and then go back, you know, when I get home, I already have all these files uh, of ideas or trades or whatever. Um, but but all those things, yeah, I you just learn as you go. And I've gotten tech help. I'm really not a computer guy. I know enough with you know audacity or producing podcasts to <laughs> to be to be lethally dangerous to, <laughs> to, you know i mean you can mess up a file you can say where did it go you renamed it the wrong thing it's gone uh you know and and tech issues we've all been there with mismanaging of like oh you go to save and boom <laughs> that text is gone <laughs> so uh and, and then the next article is not that good but it's yeah i think you have to uh, learn all those things and be good enough. So I have paid for help over time, but yeah, everything on there is nine, like I said, 99.9% me. And what I love is when people email the site and I know many don't work this way, but I think it's until you are truly a big fish and I never want to be a big fish. I don't ever want it to be big enough. And I know this is not going to be cool, you know, in the, in, in business and you're always supposed to be going to, to be a trillionaire or something that, 
if it's enough to sustain the lifestyle I want to maintain, which is relatively, you know, it, it's a, it's not a bubble, but it's it's not the the gr- most grandiose. Have a yacht and let's go to the Caribbean every <laughs> every six months or whenever I want. That's not, You're not Jake Paul. Th- exactly. That's the th- that's not the threshold I'm trying to achieve. Therefore, I like it to be manageable. Uh, I like to know as many people as I can that sign up, and I like the fact that when someone has an issue, the email for the site comes to me. Not, you know, not somebody that I hired, I don't even know. And how the heck would they answer my questions? How the heck when you get a trade offer question in your inbox, would someone doing customer support be able to answer it? So, you know, be nice to everybody, be timely with your responses. And I actually test sites sometimes where it's like, I just get on there and I'll do the customer support thing and just keep a mental Rolodex. How many days, not hours, how many days does it take them to get back to me? Hmm. And, and that, that to me really speaks volumes. I mean, do the little things. And it's almost like, you know, the under promise over deliver line is great. But what I would say is when you, but actually make it reasonable, actually overachieve to such a high degree, show that they're important. Like if you're on your email and an email comes in from somebody, like even if you're like, oh, well, they're not, like you, first of all, you can't have the idea that they're not important. <laughs> and, but, if they, but you have to treat them as important. These little micro moments of I can spend 15 seconds. And even if I'm busy and I look and it's like a, a request for a startup draft board, which is a, a big feature for folks over at UTH if they're a trade calculator subscriber, where I give them a custom draft board. It really helps them out. It's a huge boost you know, and, and a peace offering that, frankly, I mean, I don't technically have to. Like, it's not published on the site anywhere that I do that. But I mention it to people. And But when they get that email, even if I'm not sending them a board, if I see the email, at least say, you know, I'll, I'll reply back later or, you know, thanks for the info, you know, and I, I'll, I'll get it to you by the weekend or whatever my response is. Responding is better than letting it go because then you acknowledge their existence. It's a and magical, everybody likes it. Everybody's yeah. a customer. We're all customers and, exactly. and consumers of something, and everybody appreciates that. Even if you say, yeah, let me think about it. anything, just that you've gotten back to them, and then you're not, you know, that email is not just sitting there in your inbox. I mean, kind of I'm, like at work, you don't want to have to go back to that email either. You'd like to address it as, as quickly as you can, but I mean, that's just a good, a good um, process that you have. I almost find, one last thing on this, I almost find you earn more bonus points when, you know, email comes in 3 o'clock, you reply at 3.10 and say, I'll, you know, don't have, you know, when I have a second later tonight, I'll reply in full. And I almost feel like, so now I've put something on myself, right? I put an expectation. I will get back to you tonight. So I almost feel like you put the fishing line out there and now I achieved it. I achieved it because later that day before I go to bed, I responded to it in full as I promised. So you're already earning cool points or, you know, just just good credo and, and good juju and karma out there in the world because you're doing that, and that just becomes part of your DNA communication-wise. So, so yeah, definitely. I think acknowledging the existence is actually important because look, I, I opened up this show by telling you that I remember eight years ago you saying my name. You know, so <laughs> you acknowledged that I had I had contacted you. Do you do the same thing with your DMs as well, like with through Twitter that you do with the website? Uh, yes, I mean I, I reply to everybody on that, and and as you guys know, I mean you get more ch- bat channels, so to speak, <laughs> right? I mean you can have 
Like if you have something on GroupMe, if you have Patreon, <laughs> if you have email, you've got DMs on Twitter, you've got maybe other platforms. I think there's a, what Discord and other things. Um, so there's there's so many, and then you you got people that are are, are on the total inside, and and people in your circle that will text you. So you've got a number of things, you know, or maybe even call if it's an emergency. So uh, Dynasty emergency. So you've got uh, so, so you've got all those channels. I will say you do have to sort of set priorities. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I call you know certain certain folks you know that are up on the highest levels of of, of Patreon. You know, they're sort of the VIPs. You've got folks that are. You know, they, they subscribe to a lot of different things. You kind of know those people. They become your your dynasty friends. You don't really view them as customers or numbers. So, I, you know, do you, you prioritize those? And I would say, you know, a random uh, Twitter DM does not get um, as much priority. It doesn't mean I let them go. It still follows under the same umbrella of of getting back to them in a timely fashion. But it is a, pl- a matter of just bandwidth and priority that you have to do personally. So we have a couple patrons that have my phone number. <laughs> They'll just text me. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know what I mean? Because honestly, I, I that's easier for me to then open up another app, look at my phone and go, hey, dude, what do you think of this trade? And I love it because it's still a little, a little break from work work. And it's just a little step away. And I go, oh, let me think about this because this is fun work. Do you answer have- the same way um, you answer when Mike and I call you with the <laughs> – yeah, yeah, what do you want, man? I'm busy. No, no, no. Then like the patrons I respect and I treat with care. But you two, I'm like, oh. Yeah, those closest to your heart. It happens all the time. We're like a family. <laughs> Shane's laughing, but he's muted. But <laughs> do any of you do any of you have a neighbor, family member? Uh, co-worker where you're like their go-to for oh. and and they it, even if they don't play fan, dynasty it's fantasy football right it's a redrafting you don't hear from them until like late august or labor day and it's like oh i got this draft you know and they, they talk to you on such a basic <laughs> fundamental sort of fantasy level that but you're their go-to you're their savior like they're the you're the only person they know where they're like i can say this for four months out of the year and and you will understand do you have one of those sort of working relationships. It's funny. My son is now 17. He's in 11th grade, but his middle school band teacher, so for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, he calls me every single year when it's draft time, and I end up drafting his redraft team for him every single year, and then I end up spending the entire season every week. No, Should- he, already pa- he already gave a passing grade to your <laughs> son. You don't have to do that anymore. I know, but I love it, actually. I actually <laughs> no, I love know. it. I love it. You know, my parents actually refer to neighbor who's like 70 something 80 something years old uh-huh. and his emails are great because they they don't really follow this the the typical nomenclature or tone of uh, of, of fantasy and dynasty that we're used to like right. the lingo and so good morning but, but, mr carson i hope yeah this like it's very, <laughs> it's very professional about how he how he words it but yeah same sort of thing he's got one big league you know with friends or or people he's known for a while and he wants to crush them you know but it's like i hear about it he subscribed like so he he likes his friend's son so much that he subscribes to a dynasty podcast for a redraft centric like but i basically email him and tell him you know i send the redraft board that i send to everybody uh on the site and you know i I help out as much as i can but it's like he basically just subscribes to to be nice and say thanks for replying and seeing you know and helping out a a senior citizen who's just trying to crush it in fantasy just like you that's awesome that's awesome you know that kind of goes into what we've talked about between the three of us a lot of times what kind of leagues do you play in 
then how many leagues do you play in? Do you only play Dynasty? Oh, no. Do you play Redraft? Well, do you play see, 50 see, like now Shane? Now that it's now that it's my job, Mrs. Uh-huh. UTH uh, is fine with whatever this answer is. You know she actually wants me to play more. Like <laughs> oh, really? She, she, wants really? Me to play high, she wants me to play higher stakes and more leagues. Apparently oh, my God. She wants me to have 30 grand in the till. You know, I like possibility the higher stakes angle, sure. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's hard to leave. I will say it's hard to leave leagues. You know, even if it's a 50-buck league from a while ago, it's like, ah, I built this team. You know, it's fun. I don't really – it's a stock format. I know it's not really trendy in 2021 anymore. But, yeah, um, I'm in roughly – you know, some of those hyperactives, you know, are possibly going away. We're trying to save some of them. Um, I think I'm at about 35 right now. Okay. Um, I, I can't get out of a, a an offseason without doing a couple startups. I haven't done one yet. I do have this idea. I've bounced off a couple people. I actually wanted to get your feedback on this. Is uh, <laughs> I thought about this idea. Two conference. And like you see fantasy baseball, like some of those expert leagues, I wanted to do NFC, AFC conferences. But here's the here's the here's the pivot. That you have, you every owner has a team in each conference. So that really, so if you have Alvin Kamara, you know, an NFC, and then let's say he gets traded, let's say he's a free agent and goes over to the AFC, he goes from your NFC to AFC squad as well. And obviously Uh. that would make rookie drafts a blast because, you know, you don't even know if that player is going to be in your conference. (laughs) Like, I really need a quarterback. Well, who knows how many are going to be drafted to the AFC, you know, instead of the NFC. So your player pool for the startup draft is going to be different. Obviously, the waiver wire is going to be different uh, with players that up oh, they, they move over to the other team. So I think there's a there's a lot of interesting parts. But the one thing about, oh, well, you don't want to lose players. Well, technically, they would just go over to the other side. Uh, so that's when I want to kind of start. And I feel like this is the off season to do it. Not sure I'll get it together until the summer months, uh, you know, just in terms of ironing things out to give it a good college try. But but yeah, like cool. 35 or so, and uh, I I just really like playing. You know, I, yeah. I always say you got to get your reps, and 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 I, I feel like if I'm not in the mode of doing that waiver wire and and all those machinations every single week of the of the in season grind and all the drafts, and I just feel like I don't have enough mental skin in the game to to work through all these scenarios, playing a bunch of different formats so that I can help folks the best I can where I'm on the ground and actually making those decisions on my own too. In those 35, how much is redraft or is it all dynasty? Oh, um, the only redraft I do, I would say, I, I do some football guys like staff stuff, uh, a few expert leagues. So it's pretty much just that. Um, and then for dynasty, I would say, uh, I really like Devi. You know, the new ones I start, a lot of them are Devi. A lot of them are super flex and two tight end. Two tight end is sort of my thing. I don't hear anybody really talk about backup tight ends as much as I mentally spend energy doing that. Like I would do a tight end show every single weekend season, but no one would listen. So it's really just two tight end centric. Um, so I really love those formats. Um, deeper, the better. Uh, I do play an FFPC, which is its own challenge. I had to join it a few years ago just because it's such a popular format, yet it's so graphically different in terms of strategy, depth, and and all the things that go along with that. And I feel just like I was saying a second ago, if you don't have those reps of actually being in it, I can dispense advice about FFPC, but until I'm doing my own teams, I, I feel like you can't really know for sure. Yeah, you can't relate, but those leagues are tough. By the way, they are so different. I know Shane likes them. Not my favorite format, but it's because it's such a departure from everything else that I I've done in the past like five years, I guess. It's the closest to redraft dynasty owners will do, right? An FFPC dynasty league. That's basically it's a keeper league, but they don't call it that. You know, the sixteen out of twenty you keep. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's definitely different. Um, 
but yeah, I like leagues like that too. I think it's anything that expands your mind, it forces you to think differently is going to help you. Um, you might not see an apple at an apple like, oh, well, hell's playing in the FFPC league going to help me in the MFL league. Well, it will because you're, you're studying things that you normally wouldn't and you know things that you normally wouldn't. You're studying them differently and that helps. You live, you live through tough cuts every single week in the regular season. <laughs> like I joined some of those, uh, th- those old throwback safe leagues where they're like 24-man rosters and I had to shop players every single week because I was like, I, I, I have to pick up a kicker in defense in that, you know, Thursday through Sunday. yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I think these players are worth something. I don't want to cut any of them. So I got to try to trade. Like I was doing that week in and week out for like a month and a half straight. And it's, it was a blast, you know? And so it goes beyond the, I'm trying to win $472. Like it goes beyond that. It's like, you know, we, we want to do well in every single league we have, you know, and figure out the format. It's like a puzzle. It's a crossword that, that we just want to, you know, what's that equation uh, that is most optimal and, and and bend our brain around it? And frankly, it keeps us old guys uh, youthful upstairs a little bit, right? I mean, it's like you get you get stodgy. You play in the same format and you play in five of those leagues and that's it. I don't know. I, I think you're going to grow a little stale uh, mentally. Yeah, that, that gets boring as fuck. I mean, it's, look, and this All is why- right. I guess we don't have any... Uh- <laughs> No, no speaker plates on the language card tonight. Uh, yeah, we I'm have so, a Shane filter. I'm sorry, Chad. Yeah, for for our Shane. patrons, for oh, our bad. patrons, they hear that. For iTunes, they won't hear that. So, all right. Do you have one of those beeps? Do you have one of those classic beeps? No, you know what's really over? funny? We did have a beep in the beginning, but I actually just didn't like it, so I went to the blank space. So there's this there's oh, okay. this dead there's this quick dead space every time he does it. So we we've, we've had some. <laughs> We've had some shows where there's been a lot of blank spaces. It is funny. I know a lot of people just leave stuff in. I try to k- fix any of that kind of stuff that I can, but we decided a long time ago when we, we were first with a company and then that, then we were released to let us do our own thing. But in the, in the early, in the early days of us being thrown together, we were told not to curse, not to say anything off color, not to do anything like that. And, and how did that make you feel? <laughs> we actually did it anyways. And we would always say, well, they're not listening anyway. Wow. So we kept ask, doing it. Ask for forgiveness. <laughs> And not permission, right? right. Yeah. But eventually, we we decided that everything was okay except for a, a certain couple of words. And and then what we do is for our patrons, they get to hear it. The iTunes people don't hear it. So mostly because for a half hour or whatever, everything was clean as a whistle. And then Shane just goes, <laughs> just "All right, flamethrower." Yeah. Yeah. Now let me let, let me let me make a prediction. And you so go into Shane. a new room and you feel out the room, and and then Shane lets out a big fart, and then everyone <laughs> yeah. knows it's okay. Know the audience. Yeah. Well, sorry if that if that's a problem. We're, we're we're sorry. I guess we we you know what's funny in the old days we we used to tell the guests ahead of time. I guess we haven't done that in a long time. So I'm sorry that we didn't let you know ahead of time, Chad. I mean, <laughs> the less heads up you give guests, the better. Sorry, what'd you say? The less heads up you give guests, the better. <laughs> I don't do show sheets. I don't do topics. I, I basically just. Just roll with it because you know what? You shouldn't really have somebody on that you don't think can hang. Like uh, unless you have, if you have to give them Duplo blocks and bullet points <laughs> for them to be able to survive, you would probably do that for like you know your niece or or something like that. I mean, you can't handhold them through the whole thing. They're supposed to be the subject matter expert coming to you. Is how it's supposed to work. And yet you're like, okay, so now we're going to talk about Melvin Gordon for three and a half minutes. Oh my 
after that, here's the trade we're going to discuss. And make sure to tell me ahead of time which side you're on. It's funny. We had Matthew Barry on a couple weeks ago, and Jeremy was like, oh, we got to do this and this. And they're like, no, let's just let him talk. And and the whole thing was just organic, and it was so much fun. It was awesome, you know. But what I'm talking about is what you me under the bus. What are you talking about? He no. just, just wanted to throw you under the bus, dude. Yeah, no, that wasn't. No, no, that wasn't. Dude, that wasn't throwing you under the bus. What he was just saying about is going. no, That's but I am keeping said. going. I'm keeping going because I didn't throw you under the bus. What I'm saying, I was saying along with what he said, where we make show sheets, but we didn't need it because Matthew Barry went on his own thing and did ended up roasting the DFB. That's not throwing That's you true. under you the roasted bus. Everybody. Exactly. Our, our show sheets are more like a rough Guides. idea. It's more a I, picture of, of right. somebody, you know, somebody petting a duck. <laughs> it's, actually, it's just imagery to get to get ideas flowing. One's a campfire, then a picture of a flower. It's like association. Oh my god! I've been on shows where Chad's, you know, where they give you those. I've had like four page show sheets, and I'm like, are you? kidding yeah. me like I'm my not first observation is my first observation is good luck getting to all that <laughs> if i ever do a show sheet or i say oh we got two or three things and then i always think to myself all right just take two of them out <laughs> we do a 30 minute rehearsal before every show where we go through every- <laughs> well, that really helps and this is what we're getting after after the warm-up exactly realize the, the preparation was always better than the actual show so and i'm just kidding exactly yeah, and jerry like jerry said that's why you just press record and just go because you don't want to waste any any tape we're rolling here <laughs> yeah and we practiced that whole thing where jeremy says i threw him under the bus that was practiced before this but i will Follow say this the sheet. <laughs> for, the cue cards for your pinned tweet though you have a pinned tweet that you just put up yesterday and and it's about your draft metrics guide it comes out in less than a month right so do you want to tell everybody about what that is and the reason i bring it up is because the way you talked about how you do all this yourself did you do this whole guide yourself as well Yeah, I mean, I am coming up with over the years to just keep the creativity going of what are different platforms. I really gravitate towards the audio medium. I've done audio books. I called that previously the UTH Dynasty Experience, which was a a great project for me not to go off on a tangent here. But again, when when you're with a good crowd, you know, this is a good story, I think. But (laughs) uh, but what I used to do is it ended up being 25, 30 hours. But what I would do is just anytime I had sort of my own journey as a content producer, podcast host, running a site, my own teams, whatever it was, I would record a little chapter throughout the entire year. So it turned into like a storybook of 2016 or whatever year it was. And I would package that together and sell it, you know, for 25, 30 bucks or whatever um, at the end of the year. But it also went through the journey. You talk, you hear about players that were, you know, maybe relevant then that aren't relevant now or whatever. Um, and just kind of the story that goes beyond that. Um, and also some of my trials and tribulations. But that's just one idea of I'm not afraid to try things. And And the draft guide is something that, I think, you know, and again, it's not something I'm trying to make 50 grand off. I mean, this is something that I think you're doing that anyway, is always my my concept of things where if I'm doing my own comparable prospect matrix, I'm, you know, uh, why not put that out? You yeah. know, if I'm thinking about uh, three or four trades I've made in the last week, record a show talking about the strategy, put that out. You've already done the work, which is execute the trades or done the research on on prospects with their with their profiles going into the NFL draft so put it together and the real work is typing it out the real work is putting together the PDF it's not the research into it because what I always say is I mean I would do that's always the question people ask me is 
well, what percentage would you be doing if you were just a dynasty player? What percentage of what you currently do would you still be doing? And I think it's probably 75, 80%. And the 20, 25% that wouldn't be there is the actually nuts and bolts, you know, running the site or, you know, all the mechanics and, you know, recording podcasts, you know, that's more of a, you know, dispersing information thing. So that you probably wouldn't do that either. But all the stuff, you know, behind the scenes, databases, uh, data research, and 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 all that would still go into my 35 five, five teams and leagues. Um, yeah, so the draft guide is one that there's a lot of things that are unique um, because I know some people really glorify the long form this is 5000 pages for me i would i would not buy that i would say that is great for you and for other people that's like the 20000 word article like i bet it's so in depth and you're talking telling a story about a 1996 marshall wide receiver slant route and it really means something it's a really long way to go to make your point and it's awesome but no one's got time for that frankly i mean it's not tiktok level of you know nat nat uh attention span but it still is we got to get to the point so for me it's brevity and this guide is about 35 40 pages and i would say probably about 10 or 15 pages are graphs and numbers and the comparable prospect matrix which don't get me started on how how many problems if i get an aneurysm someday (laughs) just know it's from the consensus marketplace of how they do and how they say and how they just whimsically come up with every great player ever that's remotely the same size and sometimes not um, for, for players for comparable prospects. But you get a best case, middle ground, worst case. Um, you also just get how to navigate my draft. It's a very clean, concise, action-based guide. It's going to quickly tell you and support and defend all the points on here's who you should target. Here's you who you should avoid. Here are the sleepers, you know, and here are the different draft ranges, and here's why, and here's a lot of the historical backing. Um, so yeah, we're a few weeks out, um, and, and I really love putting that together. It's one of my my March uh, to do list items that I look forward to because again, mentally, you're kind of doing that already if you're putting out rookie rankings and doing a lot of the research that goes into doing that on a quality level. Yeah, you are. Yeah, and you know, we've spoke with a few people, including Katie, about this. Uh, you know, with the way the world was with COVID last year, and now we're going into this new season pretty much with the same situation. But last year, we didn't know what we were going into. This year, we kind of know what we're going into. So how did that change your process of doing all this with these rookies with the way the world is right now? Well, I think one one good thing, you know, about this no, no NFL combine in its form that we had previously, and we're going to get pro days and we'll see. I'm kind of surprised. One thing I mentioned on some show in the last week was I'm kind of surprised with the Exos uh, uh, training facility, you know, so you saw Rashad Bateman come out, you know, that he ran the four threes. I'm a little surprised that they didn't publicize that and like make a big thing of it. Like, can you imagine if they had a live stream on their site and they, they showed some of this stuff, even if every player didn't, you know, want to sign off that they wanted to be streamed or, or publicized and have these clip videos. I mean, they could have had a massive showing probably broken their site for, to be fair <laughs> if they had publicized this a week out hey we're going to have this internal pro day and workout you know a lot of these drills for a lot of these relevant players i can't imagine you know how much following that would have had uh for for twitter etc and just you know dynasty and nfl draft folks um but i think with no combine to be fair I think, uh, you know, running back is a little bit different. There are some thresholds and stuff, but wide receiver and tight end, I think to some degree, well, athleticism is overrated. I mean, trust me, <laughs> I love the big and fast guys and lauding over how great they are, but I think it might get people, rightly so, 
uh, centered more on production and, and a lot of the other facets of their profile that are a little more important if you're weighting things together as I do in, in my own projection model. So I think, especially with wide receiver and athleticism, you know, this might get the white noise out a little bit, this, this process, especially. And the other thing I would say is a lot of people are, are, are knee bent on the, on the combine and say that is the place where I believe the times. And then they don't believe pro days. They don't believe anywhere that doesn't happen in Indianapolis. And I would say, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll paint this picture. If I was doing a workout under the scrutiny, stress, travel, and knowing how, how the bright lights are at the combine, I'll guarantee you with all the stress and rigor and like day three of being there, oh, and run fastest time ever and, and jump the highest and do all these things. And, and then you say three weeks later, you can do it on your home turf under your schedule with your <laughs> players, your coaches, your comfort environment. I guarantee you, and this isn't hand time versus laser time, I legitimately will have a better workout. And I'm the same player. And yes, you can train a little bit more. So I'm one that I actually believe pro days. If I'm able to actually, you know, believe that the, the they're measuring it, you know, and you can you can actually measure. And I think th the process this year is going to be fascinating because I'm one that, you know, you can you can measure frames. You can actually distill it down to what they actually ran. If you don't believe the hand times, you don't believe, you know, uh, shaky Jimmy, you know, is there with his <laughs> with his watch, and it's like I don't know what's happening. When did it start? I don't know. I got four three. I got four six five. Like they don't know what's happening. But I think it, it, it this year especially uh, is going to be one that if we're able to see the video, we're going to have people I, I'm sure around that are going to measure frames and actually it's four five three and things like that. But I I, I am one that I don't do this well. If it's a pro day, you got to add 0.08 or whatever this is. They are actually performing better. And I don't blame them because I think human, you know, human nature, we would do the same thing. Imagining, you know, if you're training and you're going to run it in your front yard, as opposed to if you're going to, you know, have to travel and get no sleep, they're going to be yanking on your knee for a day and a half medically and doing all this stuff. And they're like, okay, now go run. Yeah, you, you're probably not going to perform as well. Yeah. And Tyler Mollis ran a 4.39 too. And someone else... 40 came out. It was a 4.39. I think they're just giving that to everyone this year. <laughs> Everyone's running a like 4.39. Yeah. <laughs> if you run faster than 4.6, 4.39. Just initial. <laughs> initial right here, Rashad. Everybody's going to. It is interesting. I wonder what it would have happened to Henry Ruggs uh, if he was put in this situation this year and he couldn't go out there and run his four whatever the hell he ran last year. Imagine if Deion Sanders was at Exos. I mean, he might have broke four. <laughs> Three nine nine, Deion. What is that? Yeah. I always have to look up Bo Jackson, so apparently he did run a four one nine or four one something. Oh. And that's unbelievable. <laughs> oh I haven't gone back to measure his max speed from some of those YouTube clips or anything, just to see. I mean he's gotta be over twenty three miles an hour, if not twenty four miles an hour, if that were actually true. Bo Jackson is basically Paul Bunyan. <laughs> well, he broke Tech Bubble. I really think the people that designed that game, they're like, this will be funny. We'll just make it Bo Jackson. Have you ever seen a Family Guy clip? I actually saved it. It's like two minutes long. Where it's like, where he starts, <laughs> Peter starts using Bo. He's like, no fair, Peter, you used Bo Jackson. And he just keeps going. He's like, oh, can't catch me. Won't catch me. He uses the whole quarter before he scores. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So good. <laughs> but, it, it, but it's true, though. You know, the way the world is right now, things are changing on how we're getting all of our information. 
information and how we're seeing all of these rookies come in. And and maybe we'll see some people that we may not have got a chance to see because of the way the pro days are being put together and everything. Um, you do say on your on your pinned tweet, though, that that's the 1.01 release. What does that mean with it? So you'll get updates to that release then? Yeah, um, so I this this one late March, early April is usually the time frame. I do it right after pro days, and usually those last forty eight hours, I'm always kind of tweaking based on information we get. It sounds like it might be a little more refined this year, but but that's always a critical time. But so you get the pre draft version, and obviously three four weeks later, you get the NFL draft. Um, and what I'll say, and, and this is another point of you, you got to put your your content consumers first. Uh, is that right? At, so as the NFL draft is going, we do live shows on Thursday and Friday night with Katie, Jordan, Tim, and the gang. And um, but Saturday, day three is going on. Picks are happening. But I'm pretty much that whole weekend. I'm in a data and and updating everything bubble. So that's from UTH Trade Calculator. That's rankings. That's all the valuations I need. That's the draft guide. I'm also trying to get as much draft data as possible to have workable ADP and let's put the draft plan together and all of that and refine things from what we just saw happen in the NFL draft. But that 48 hours is like, you know, you sleep when, you know, just when you're going to collapse on Saturday night (laughs) and and you get up and and I don't go to bed until it's done on Sunday night. Uh, That is the goal, the, to have the draft guide updated, to have everything on the site scrubbed, just like right after the season. I, I feel like those are, those are some critical moments as a website operator, a, a podcaster, whatever it is, because I feel like you have to put those hundreds, thousands of teams that I'm not going to say hang in the balance. Let's let's be real <laughs> about what we're doing, but that, that you have to put them before your own. You know, so so before I start looking at my own draft plans, what picks do I have in what leagues? And let's really put this together, you know, and I have drafts starting the next week or whatever. And we'd love to get started on that. But I feel like you have to do all that, that post-draft updating, and that also includes that 2.0, which would be the uh, that you get with 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 your order. Uh, you get both of those updates, and really the post-draft one is that brings it all together to that refined draft plan. That, like I said, with corresponding podcasts, ranking updates, valuations, everything, that's really a cornerstone element. I think of of the hot zone, you know, for for uh, content producers is the there's three or four. It might be days or little chunks of 48. 72 hours around NFL free agency could be another period yeah. around the NFL combine typically is another one. So these little pockets where you really do have to prioritize and go, you know, sorry, you know, I can't go and do this. I can't, you know, I, I can't go and have a lot of, you know, un, unscheduled fun or whatever. Like this is, you, you partition it off on the calendar. I just think that's, that's sort of a must. And, and so, yeah, that 2.0 update is definitely one of those. That's awesome. Um, uh, you mentioned Mrs. UTH. So your family, uh, how did they all feel that this is your career? You spend all your time doing this website. Are they good with all that? Um, I will say it's a long time coming. Um, so this might be the softball first question. I'm glad I get to mention it. Um, so I was in the Army for 12 years, um, and that was shortly after college. So I've never, I always say, I've never really had a, a, a traditional job, so to speak. The closest thing to it, I did work at a take and bake pizza place for like one summer. And that's probably the most commercial mainstream. Oh, I can kind of understand what Chad's doing there. But so during those 12 years, I would say at least half of that, thinking about the time frame, I was already at Football Guys. Um, you know, I still had a few years left when I started UTH. I was already doing the podcast. So I was doing that plus some other side hustles. I was always that guy that 
uh, was never relaxing. You know, when we were on bus trips, I was hammering stuff out on my on my laptop when others were, you know, checking Facebook or or taking a nap or doing what you know unproductive things, as I would say. And I <laughs> I charged my coworkers. I said, "You have a real opportunity because we have we have built in free time where we're technically on the clock that you can explore a lot of these things. You know, tomorrow and next year, it's not a given. It's not a guarantee." Uh, in a lot of ways, whatever your line of work, you know, so um, I was doing all those things at once. And then it ended up developing that, who knew, you know, that the the army, you know, being in for 25, 30 years wasn't really going to be my thing. You know, that was kind of going to be uh, a decision that was partly mine and partly not mine. And thank goodness, I was doing all these other things. And so UTH started from there. And so I would say, uh, you know, Mrs. UTH and, and those connected to me, know that this was it was a leap of faith i certainly wasn't i was i wasn't as progressed to to where i am today the moment i said goodbye to the military but i certainly had a big leg up from starting from scratch and so the pressure was a lot lower but the moment it becomes your thing it's amazing. I mean, you you feel like you were trying before. And I think it's sort of like time management, what I hear with new parents, where you're like, yeah, I felt rushed. You know, I felt like I had stress in my life before. But now it's like you figure out a way where it's like, yeah, I used to just like sort of, uh, you know, uh, not really optimize my time. And it would take me all weekend, you know, to like take out the trash and mow the yard. And it's like, somehow I do all of that now in about 12 minutes because that's all I have, you know, or 45 minutes when when the uh, the baby's taking a nap or whatever it is, you figure out ways to to become more productive and sort of open up new avenues. And I feel like when you start to make it your full time thing, number one, you take it a little more seriously, even if you took it seriously before uh, you realize that. And, and I, I wanted an opportunity also in my life to say, if I, I want to know if this works out and I, could I have maybe done the army a lot longer, you know, and, and, and stuck my pen in this. But I feel like if you don't keep that momentum going, then who knows? You can't really just push a pause button for something in your life. Like these movies where it's like, Oh yeah, this guy and a girl, they're both, uh, they're both single, but they didn't quite make it work. And then all of a sudden, you know, eight years later, like serendipity, Oh, they just get back together. Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. No one or both of them move on. One of them moves. You'll never see them again. Yeah. But I feel like with, with shows or websites, you kind of have to keep going. Otherwise it, it may just die on the vine. Like you said, there, there's plenty of competition and yes, you I think the the attention is good for everybody, uh, just in general, uh, raising the tide uh, potential. But you still got to be in your own little universe and be good, right? Good and improving, um, and and that's what I feel like when you start doing it as your main thing. Then then you really have that that motivation when you're in that seasonal. It's almost like you're a tax preparer, right? I mean, you have a season of of income yeah. coming in. You're like, well, this is a down season. We got a drought going right now, you know. And it's amazing that. Even if you have a lot of personal confidence, it's amazing sometimes where you wake up, you got a bunch of signups, you know, and all this stuff. You got great momentum. You're like, man, I feel great. Like just adrenaline's going through my veins and it's 9 a.m. And then other days where you're like, I must be worthless. It's amazing though, the, <laughs> the ups and downs. This must be like a stock trader where you're like, no one signed up all day. What's wrong with me? I think the site's broken. I, I think no one, that's it. I'm a failure. Like it's, it's so weird. You can do this for as long as you, as long as I have, and you still have those feelings to some degree from time to time, yet it all just kind of evens out and you, you really can't mind meld yourself into saying every day is the same. Some days you're going to make a fortune. Some days you're going to hardly make anything. That's the way it goes. Um, but, but yeah, so army transitioning to this. And like I said, I, I mean, I treat it like a hardware store in the sense that 
this is going to be something that sustains me. I appreciate every day and every single person that listens and, and reads. And But I really don't have these lofty, I'm going to try to buy a private island and I want to, you know, just being able to wake up and not have a boss and do your own thing and express that creativity through a hobby that, you know, like we, we would all play it, you know, even if it was a free league and that's all we did, we would still be competitive, enjoy it and enhances the, the game we love. And just being able to do that really is a, is a massive victory and one of those gold stars for me that, you know, who knows when time runs out as, as it does and it kind of passes you by. But I could definitely see myself in 20, 30 years and I'm still still pressing record. You know, hopefully my voice holds out. But, uh, but, but yeah, that, that journey is, is every day, every week. And it's amazing just the seasons pass you by. That's awesome. I, I think for what you just said, I think you're a really good inspiration. We, we started at the beginning of the show talking about how many people are out there now doing podcasts, how many people are trying to get into, into doing, whether it's a website or writing articles or tweeting or, or even TikTok. Or there, there's so many different ways to do social media with this. And I think that you're an inspiration to a lot of people that can you could show them that there is a way to do this and do this for a living and be happy doing it. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on here. We all do. And we thank you for everything. And you want to plug some stuff? I know we already did kind of, but if you want to plug something before we go, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, we have a money back guarantee over at UTH. There's been about 10 to 12 over all the years that have actually wanted a refund, um, <laughs> which is a good feather in the cap, you know, that you offer that. But I do. Um, so premium podcast, if you want additional dynasty only, very centric, very concise, we actually just did a, I always say we, um, but, it, but it was a solo venture. Um, did about eight to, t- <laughs> eight to 10 dynasty trading macro view uh, strategy session shows that were all 10 to 30 minutes looking at, you know, how do you trade? What are specific tactics and techniques as an elite team or a poor team or in specific formats or during your rookie draft or using rookie picks? All these types of things that I wanted to create something that doesn't specifically talk about players. You know, building your toolbox is always one of my strategies. So I would just call out to that uh, that I produced in the last month or so on the premium podcast side, but we do player spotlights. Uh, we take requests on, on topics. And again, it's data driven, but no, uh, one of the calling cards is I watch every play of every game. Uh, and I do uh, film notes shows that come out. And like I said, you put subscribers and listeners first where it's about an hour, hour and a half. I go through every play of every game. And as, as the phrase goes, distill it down to the dynasty information you need to know. And First thing Monday morning, you wake up in season and you've got all of my, it's probably, you know, five, six, seven minutes on every single game and, and telling you what you need to know dynasty wise, what happened in the game uh, to, that be, goes beyond the box score. Um, so I blend film with the, the data. I'm a data head at heart, but obviously we love the game and, and the, the film notes show is one thing where, again, you have to have perfect attendance. You know, if it's if it's five, six a.m. and that show is not out on Monday morning, uh, people I always tell people then you need to kind of reach out because I might be dead. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just the reality. Like that is the most important thing. It does have a, that does have a, he, either he's not in bed yet. The internet went out, something happened uh, because, because that's his, his sole focus until complete. Um, but, but yeah, that's just one of the elements. And again, you get a free uh, trial to the UTH trade calculator. Uh, if you sign up, so become a general manager plus subscriber and uh, again, I mean, a 99.98 uh, satisfaction rating. And, and let's go have our, our best season of Dynasty together. That's awesome. Thanks, well, Matt. 
again, thank you so much for joining us. You know, I'm glad that you finally got to be here. Uh, we do have some other things that we do in the off season, like having some rookie drafts with some people, and hopefully you'll join us with for one of those. Um, but again, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, you're a pioneer, Chad, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Shane's muted, but <laughs> he's still muted and he's talking. No, that's... I, that's what happened when I put things on mute. That's why I don't like putting things on mute because then I forget I'm on mute. <laughs> so Are you in a closet, Shane? <laughs> no. No. What is that? Is that an alcohol? <laughs> These other, you know, I would say of the three of you, two of you have very distinct backdrops, but I'm more interested in things. <laughs> I am way more interested in the random. You're closer to mine, to be fair. I mean, like just off white, and the angles are weird. Like the corner of the room is right behind me. Oh my god! And you're god. the same way. You're like, is that a staircase? Is that an attic? I don't know what that is. That could be one of those There's like the movies back there. Up, I just yeah, get it. A four foot ceiling. You oh could be crouched down, and this is like a walk in closet, and there are actually clothes above you. He's, he's under the <laughs> stairs. A variable thing. <laughs> he's under the stairs, is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> and I think you you were moving around your monitor too to make make it think that it's on your lap. You may have a yeah. desktop computer on your lap. It definitely is. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us. And thanks for saying, yeah, didn't Matthew Berry say you looked like you were in your attic or, or your cellar or whatever he said? He's in a t-shirt in his basement, he said. And what's with the lighting? You're all you're all blue. Is it the blue shirt? It's the professional blue shirt. lighting, professional lighting, and creepy, creepy yeah. horror movie lighting. It's his laptop. And you can tell when he's not listening to us. He's on a tablet. He's actually on a tablet. Yeah. Is that even possible with our operating system? We'll never know. <laughs> well, that's what Matthew did, right? He was on a tablet yeah. for the interview. He's yeah. On, the iPad. <laughs> on his iPad. He's just, he was just wandering around with his tablet. That's what he was. Yeah. Cubicle. He was moving. They were moving stuff around, so it was a mess. He apologized, but yeah, he had his tablet sitting up against something, maybe his monitor or his computer. He had it leaned up and it just kept falling, so it went staring at the ceiling about 12 times during the episode. Oh my god. So good. Have you seen the ones where they mount it in their car? And you see, and you start looking in the, it's almost like a rear view and you see what's happening yeah, behind them, <laughs> behind the car. Those are terrifying. I'd be they, too distracted. And then every yeah. time they look over to the phone or whatever it is for more than two seconds, you're like, dear God, what's going to happen? <laughs> I, experiencing history? I was a guest on Jeremy's other show, uh, um, Off the Rails, and uh, I was in my car in a rainstorm and I had my phone in my lap in a rainstorm. I remember that. SCTV. In your lap. Wow. Oh, that's not a flattering angle. What's going on there? <laughs> I was driving and Jeremy's you, like, just come on. I heard it to your steering wheel. <laughs> I was holding it and driving, but it started raining, so I put it down. But okay. <laughs> you know, they would have thought you were a psychopath. If, if you actually had it positioned to where it like barely caught your ear and it's like all askew, it's not shame level, but it's close. And it's like, what is happening here? The production value is either awesome or artistic. <laughs> You might get awards <laughs> you do that. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that, it was fun, but it was, oh, my God. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> we, we talk about how we laugh so much with, with, uh, with Tim and, and with Katie, but we laughed with you today, too. So thank you again. got to bring it. Yeah, Tim and Katie are great. <laughs> But yeah, thank you. And and definitely, Jeremy, will reach out to you when we're doing our, our, our big draft with a lot of people, and we would love to have you for that. Yeah, That's definitely. Good. 
No, that was a lot of fun. We just had a lot of talk with, with Chad, even as we wrapped it up. So let's wrap this whole thing up right now. And before we go, Shane, tell everybody about the Patreon account. We have a Patreon account. Come fucking join it. Because if you don't, then you don't really like us. <laughs> Jeremy, tell everybody about the store. As short as yes, he just did. <laughs> we have a store. DTHQ.STORNV.com. DTHQ.STORNV.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, mugs. Go buy something. And check out our Twitter account at DynastyTradesHQ and our iTunes account at DynastyTradesHQ. Uh, give us a rate and review. And we're rushing really quick because we just... <laughs> I don't even know how long we spent talking to Chad when we went off the air. So thanks for listening. We love all you guys. Come back next week and we'll have more fun. I think Graham is next week. Is that what it is, Jeremy? Yeah, Graham Barfield next week. (laughs) Allegedly. So say goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye, Goodbye, everybody. Shane, say goodbye. (laughs) 